Hello and welcome to The Big One, the 50th episode of For Your Reconsideration. The film podcast that swings the fences every single time, even though we're stood in the open field of cinema. My name's Rob and here are Simon and James. How are you boys? Hello. Hey dudes. Happy 50th. We're 50. How did this happen? I don't know. But thank you to everyone who's listened to 50 episodes of this dribble. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, listeners, you guys, you're the ones that deserve it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers but to 50. Let's, and Simon, you're back with us. Um, we missed you hugely, man. Mm. I, sorry, I am. After my rather long hiatus uh sorry i was being beaten relentlessly across the head by creative directors from amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> That's what was on this podcast we know all about um, what's the word uh creative differences that make a film untenable yes. so um peace and love to you man glad to have you back with us it's amazing i mean i hope that my employers don't listen to this podcast i mean they don't but um well cuz you're going to be fired man <laughs> You know when we talk about you know when we talk about like people in suits ruining movies. Oh. Yeah, that's what I've had to deal with for the last no, two weeks. No. <laughs> oh, don't make it so. Anyway, oh, anyway, dear. carry on. Anyway, anyway, well, it's it's super to be together, fellas, um, for the big five out. What have you guys been watching this week? Uh, yeah, so I've just been looking through my letterbox and I inadvertently completed a Pete Possumthwaite triple bill this week. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Grail. Exactly, yeah. Oh my word. Uh, so we've got tonight's film, obviously, which we'll get on to. Can we guess the other two? Can we guess Yeah, the yeah, other go two? for it. Yeah, yeah. Brassed off. Yeah, brassed off. <laughs> no, I didn't get to brass off. <laughs> Usual suspects. No. They're the only two I could think of. No. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I had another one that took me tongue. I can't remember. Because he's... He, do you know that Pete Postlethwaite is Warrington's most famous actor? Is yeah, he from I Warrington? He is. Wow. I thought he was from Yorkshire. I thought he was from Yorkshire as well, actually. Probably because of Brastoff and, <laughs> and because he's in When Saturday Comes with Sean Bean. I think I think all those castings where he was Yorkshire was just like, well, he's from above Watford Gap. <laughs> yeah, he's generally <laughs> northern. northern. He must be northern. <laughs> It's just northern. <laughs> so what did, what were the two then, James? Uh, so I rewatched the town, which I had completely forgotten that he was in. Oh, and oh, I forgot wow. he was in that. And I went back to Inception because today I'd been to see Tenet. Oh my word! AKA the most Christopher Nolan film ever made. <laughs> so I don't want to spoil anything. But what I will say is that I was exhausted by the end and confused for a lot of the runtime. Some of it was good confusion, some of it wasn't. However, you know, once I got to grips with it and clicked into the film's rhythm, I was swept along by the scope of its ambition, cer- uh, cerebral energy, and the pulsating score is really, really great. I'm still sort of processing it, really, but in short, I thought it was good, I plan to see it again, and I think I'll enjoy it more on a second viewing, mm. as I won't be so preoccupied with the mechanics of the plot, which is labyrinthian, to say the least. Oh, jeez. Uh, but there the was another thing I wanted to shout out. So that was obviously at the cinema, and uh, I had another cinema this tri- uh, trip this week as well, and uh, that was to see something incredibly lovely. And it was the precursor to tonight's film. I went to see the original Jurassic Park on the big screen this week. Oh, magic. 
pure magic. And it's still absolutely magnificent. Oh, it's man. It's so good. It gave me tingles in all the right places, you know, and like I was still gripped by the action sequences. By the way, what struck me most with the film when I saw it this time, and you'd never get this nowadays, there is no action in the first hour of the film no. at all. No, mm. nothing. Yeah. It's all about character yeah. and world building, and yeah. he's slowly ratcheting tension, but he's disguising it as wonder. So you're as complicit as the characters and Hammond in the film because you're sort of blown away by the power of Jurassic Park and you don't appreciate how dangerous it is. So when the shit hits the fan in that movie, it's it's all the more impactful. It's so good, isn't it? They, they definitely don't make them blockbusters like that anymore, Tenet being the case in point. No, I, I just, like, I, I, honestly, when you said, James, you were going to do that this week, I was I couldn't describe my jealousy. Oh, so um, good. It's it's my f- I'm gonna I'm say it now and I think I must have said it on the podcast before. It's my favorite film of all time. Yeah, mm. it just is. So um, that was the movie. It was like, oh my god, this is cinema. This is why I love film. And I've never looked back from that moment. Yeah, it was the gateway for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, flipping it. So yeah, cracking week. All in all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when the. When people talk about um, the magic of cinema and all that, like, yeah. like for me, Jurassic Park is one of those moments in the history, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. when when we studied film and you watch that, you know, you see, um, I can't remember, was it the Lumiere brothers, the the train where they just yeah, yeah, yeah. filmed a train yeah, yeah, hitting the yeah. camera and yeah. everyone shat themselves. Shit. It was like, oh my God, everyone's <laughs> like, and then Nosferatu and, and all these films, like over the decades, what like yeah, sort yeah. of were benchmarks in cinema as it went on yeah jurassic park is one of those isn't it it was just oh, it just, yeah. Is, yeah. just awe-inspiring stuff and it just really pisses me off when i see nowadays all the like the younger generation go look jurassic park wasn't even that good it's like oh fuck off yeah. it's you don't know fucking what brilliant you there. <laughs> yeah. yes why you know i i don't often say anything rude but why don't you go eat a, a massive portion of man <laughs> I mean, the thing that? is with that first film it got us all like we were all in the right age for it like, age. Like, oh, yeah. seven eight yeah. years old rob was about 22 i assume <laughs> <laughs> so i'm right in the sweet spot then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good point. Very good point. Uh, what about you then, Sai? What have you been watching? Oh, it's been a while since I've chatted to you, lad. So there's a lot to cover, but um, I've, I've I've narrowed it down to three things, and um, they're all quite. They've all they're all linked. So I wanted to give a shout out firstly to a movie I recently watched that I think the internet is still going a bit mad over, um, despite being released weeks and weeks ago. Um, and that's the British-made host on Shudder. Oh, oh she fucking yeah. slaps! It's well good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so it's a. Ho- I mean, everyone knows about it by now, but it's a horror movie. No, I, made. I don't. I genuinely don't. I want to watch it, but I, I haven't had the opportunity. Brilliant. So it, it's a horror movie made entirely on Zoom and in lockdown. So all the characters are basically on their own. So everything they shot and all the stunt work and the VFX work they have to do themselves while they were shooting via their laptops and webcams and what have you. It's just so good. It's it's 56 minutes long, which is just... I mean, I'm glad it wasn't any longer because I would have actually yeah. like died of a heart attack. <laughs> it's got some truly amazing technical work going on. As I say, all, all the actresses and actors involved 
had to do, as I say, had to do their own sort of technical work and makeup artists had to tell them what to do with the makeup and stunt coordinators had to tell them what to do with the, the kit and what have you. And it fully made me shit my pants. It's so fucking scary. It's really good. <laughs> it's really, it's really, really, really good. It's really good. It's it's amazing. And and yeah, and I'm sure loads of listeners have already seen it, but if you haven't, please, please get onto Shudder. It's got a seven-day trial if you haven't had it before. It's 56 minutes. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. It's really clever and it's genuinely terrifying as well. And then because I had Shudder, I was like, oh, I have to watch all the stuff on it now before this trial <laughs> runs out. <laughs> so I watched a movie called La Llorona, which is a really good, unexpected film, actually. Like, um, it's really it's like a slow burn drama inspired by the South American folklore of the Wailing Woman. I think there was oh, a wow. there was an American sort of telling of it uh, with the what are they called, those films. Is it all part of the Conjuring universe? Yeah, the yeah, Conjuring, yeah. yeah. So the ah, Conjuring yeah, universe, yeah. they did one, and it was that was like cheap jump scares and makeup and effects and blah, blah, blah. I was I thought it was that, and I was like, oh, I've seen this. I don't need to watch that again. But then I found out it wasn't, so I watched it. And it's just like a slow burn, chilling drama about this Guatemalan war criminal. Um, and it's all set in his residence and he's like an elderly man and it, it's really, really good. It's like a really good movie. So yeah, that's, that's another nice. one. And then the last thing I'll mention is I watched a five-part mini-doc series called Cursed Films. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see this. Oh, really good. Um, I hope they make more. So it explores strange goings-on within a few films that were considered to be cursed during production. And I, I smashed through all five episodes in a morning while my missus was asleep because <laughs> wow. she's she sleeps until like 1 p.m on a weekend so i was like right get up at eight watch all these episodes um it's so good it's really really good um so they talk to a lot of the people involved in the the films themselves and a lot of people on the crew and actors and actresses and it's actually quite sad as well because um particularly there was an episode on the crow oh. Um, and an episode on the Twilight Zone movie, yeah, and yeah. It, it, yeah, really, it really gets you. Like the bottom lip was going. It, it was really sad, especially the Crow one oh, was like don't. really, really sad. And I know you like Brandon Lee Roth. Oh, so was, mate, I know. Is that um that was Shudder, right? Yeah. So the, the these five episodes uh, are on. I, I'm sure you can watch them somewhere else, but yeah, that they're, they're they're definitely on Shudder called Cursed Films. I really want to see this now. The way they they play out the episodes is quite good as well because it starts off quite fun and then it gets quite serious as it goes on. Uh, so I think the first episode is The Omen, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> like what happened? And Poltergeist as well. So uh, Poltergeist, The Omen, which are just ridiculous what happened, like all the coincidental stuff what happened on those. And then uh, The Exorcist, which just makes out Friedkin to be absolutely off his head because <laughs> oh what he put that poor girl through on that film. Oh, well, we've seen Sorcerer, haven't we? We know he's not quite with it completely. So yeah, um, there's my thing, basically a big advert for Shudder. Uh, they ha- they haven't paid me, but if they want to, uh, I will uh, give you a rig. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's been quite some time since we've like actively touted ourselves out for sponsorship. <laughs> but Shudder, yeah. if you're there, if you're listening. Shudder woulda uh, coulda. We are open Sponsored to communication. <laughs> Shudder woulda coulda, James. <laughs> Flipping it, man. It writes itself. Um, super stuff, mate. Uh, yeah, I'll, I think that's something I need to see. 
I think. Yeah, I think you'll get a lot out of it, actually. It's really, really good. Really good, that awesome. series. What have you been watching, Rob? Zero. Absolutely <laughs> That's good. Zero. Uh, I, I ain't seen anything. I've not de- done anything, seen anything. I haven't laid my eyes on anything longer than three minutes long. Um, so I, I wonder whether I could talk to you guys about a couple of trailers. Would that be okay? Yeah, go for it. First off, I really like the look of um, Netflix's own Camp Cretaceous. Uh, which uh, follows on, well, sort of fits in well with tonight's film. This is a Jurassic World kids uh, series. Oh, I've not wow. seen the trailer. Yeah, it. no, it looks great. Um, it's all... Um... I mean, I don't recognise those films as canon, but go ahead, carry on. Right, get out of <laughs> <laughs> You know, interestingly, I'm going to ask you that question in about an hour and a half time. So, uh, yeah, uh, no, it's... Um... Oh, it's, it's loads of fun, actually. Loads and loads of fun. Um, but, uh, you know... Uh, I thought it was going to be like, oh, they'll they'll all be friends. Yeah, the dinosaurs and kids will be friends. No, no, the amount of peril. Lovely. Everyone's chased by a T-Rex. It's great. So it looks <laughs> loads and loads of fun. Loads of fun. Um, the other one is, um, and I've been bursting to talk to you guys about this, is I saw the trailer for The Batman. Oh, yes. Talk to me. Oh, oh, it's just incredible. Looks really good, doesn't it? I mean, I've been watching our Pats today and he's so good. And he's going to knock that out of yeah. the park as well when he's Batman next year. It's going to be incredible. I mean, it. I can't believe people kicked off to begin with. And it was like, have you seen him in anything since those Twilight movies? And even he did a good job in those Twilight movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was he was there to play a role <laughs> yes. and he played, it, he played the shiny, sexy I, vampire very well. So what's the problem? What I love so much about his career is he just basically, you know, after Twilight, he got offered every franchise, all of these heartthrob type roles, and he just refused to do any of them. And he went back to doing independent movies. I don't know if he'd done them before Twilight or not and just completely reinvented himself and just shed that whole teenage heartthrob thing. And then the work he's been putting out over the last few years is just incredible. You've had Good Time, which we did on the pod, High Life, uh, The Lighthouse this year, and now he's coming back to Blockbusters and Tenet, he's fantastic in it. And judging from the teaser for the Batman, he looks incredible in that as well. So. He just looks really good in the suit as well, and I think that's what people are most worried about. Like, And it's the first Batman to show that he paints his eyes. Yeah, about time. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is, yeah. It, it, is it Batman Returns where um, he's clearly got painted eyes, but then it cuts back and when he takes his, his the cowl off and he just he hasn't got oh. the painted eyes, it just looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, that's that's one of the most jarring things I've ever seen in film. I think when well, he rips that rips the cowl off, yeah, and he's gone. And I'm like, eh? Did you see, it, see him for a second with no eye makeup? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, eh, <laughs> it just looks stupid. Eh. Ridiculous. Whereas this one, they're actually showing him with the cowl. Uh, you know, everyone's thrown around emo Batman, and it's like, of course yeah. he is. He's a very unhinged yeah. man. Like he's, he's gonna a... be a bit emo. <laughs> I, I I don't understand why people never go that like. Batman is just as crazy as all the people that he's exactly, hunting down. Exactly. That's why he's so engaging. Yes. He's he's lost his mind. He's irrevocable. Yeah. He's irrevocable. I can't say it. He's he's damaged basically, <laughs> irreversibly damaged. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I I like the look and feel of this. Yeah. it just looks so engaging, and enjoyable. I, I like, and 
I think the trailer played it so, so well. Because the moment where you're like, oh, well, he looks all right, but can he do the physical stuff? And then he absolutely batters someone. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, yeah, he can definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's pretty brutal, that, isn't it? He it goes brilliant. to town on this it's guy. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like the <laughs> amount of awareness that the, the, um, the promo team had to know yeah. that that was coming, like, oh, well, you, you just don't know if you can do it. Yeah. You know, like, no, he can absolutely, he'll yeah. murder you in your sleep. So don't worry about that. It's fine. Big Nirvana tune on the trailer as well. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's so oh, good. yeah, flipping it. It's so a good, good trailer. And again, it's Matt Reeves. What a director. Yeah. Um, I hope he reigns in, I mean, because uh, I forget his name, but the, the co-writer on the Batman is the guy who wrote the Project Power, which recently came out on Netflix. Oh, I don't know this one, mate. It's it's good fun, but the it's ridiculous. So yeah, I just yeah. I hope that Matt Reeves yeah. has reined reined yeah. him in a bit and just been like, all right, you know, we'll make it a serious David Fincher style Batman movie. Let's yeah. keep it a bit grounded. Um, Project Power is quite fun, by the way. It's it's worth a watch. Oh, cool. Give it a whirl. It's quite fun. It's good. <laughs> going on. I love I love how you say it, it looks quite fun. You know, because the the Batman movie does not look fun. <laughs> <laughs> it looks excellent, but not not hugely fun. Um, Super stuff. So, well, fellas, after we've gone through our usual gamut of seeing what it is we've all been enjoying these last couple of weeks, it's our big 50, so let's do something a tiny bit different. I'm going to pick you both. Mano in Mano all right. in a contest oh, God, to the absolute death. <laughs> One of you will perish. <laughs> uh, and what we're, I think we, we call it something like... Um, Amazon kind of recommends, <laughs> and this is about the absolutely shocking reviews you get on Amazon that, um, well, can never fail you, fail to make you smile. But I would like to read out the star rating and the review, and you're entrusted to guess what that film is. Okay. Some will be quite gettable, some will be a lot harder. Um, so I've got 10. So. Oh, okay. Shoot. Here we go. All right. We're going to start, I think, easy. All right. So, sorry. It's going to be really difficult to read these out because they're just that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. One star, misleading. There are no wolves in this movie. Um, I know um, what uh, this is. Dances with can, wolves. No. Can I give you a hint? Yes. 638 be. people found this review helpful. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Yes! Oh, <laughs> there are no wolves in this movie. One star. One, one star. star. One star! Oh, <laughs> my word. Right. So that's that's one nil to James. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I can't remember how to do this. This is too difficult for me. Right. One star. There are no magicians in this movie. I don't mean to give any spoilers away, but there are no magicians in this movie. Don't let the title fool you. Magic Mike. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Magician! I mean, I would refer to them as magicians, <laughs> and they certainly have a wand each. <laughs> they certainly put a spell on me when I watch the movie. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> right, okay. Um, <laughs> this is a real small one, actually. <laughs> One star, where is Chewbacca? <laughs> Rogue One. No, no. Uh. <laughs> I think this is quite hard, actually. But once you hear it, 
It makes so much sense. Where's Chewbacca? <laughs> we've talked about it on the podcast, this film, but we've not covered it. So we've we've you uh, know we've discussed it. Is it the Rise of Skywalker? No, no. I I would avoid Star Wars. And you think, <laughs> well, I've got no idea then. <laughs> Where is Chewbacca? Star Trek? <laughs> no, no. That would be that would work with the mindset of some of these people. Though. No. No. What, what's that? Free Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well played. That's that's really good. That's really good. I will find that review helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So it's still one all after three questions. Uh, Right, one star. The title of the review is also one star. He doesn't win in the end. He doesn't win. Oh God, no idea. Raging Bull. No. Little hints, perhaps? Uh, oh, James, I mean, it's one of your absolute favourite franchises. Oh, Rocky? <laughs> yes, it's Rocky! <laughs> but it's a moral victory. Like, I don't see that as him losing in that film. No, no, J- James, one star, mate. That's <laughs> it. Uh, it's 2 1 to James. Okay. Fundamentally misunderstood the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, question five. One star, misleading. I've given this film a one star as it was 100% misleading. I was expecting an actor no more than 10 years old driving a car. (laughs) I can't even even look at the answer to this. Actor no more than 10 years old driving a car. Uh, Hint? Yes, please. It, it's it, it's a recent one. I think it's a 2017 movie, this one. It's not all that long ago. All right, that really narrows it down to every movie that came out in 2017 <laughs> that might have a car in it. Ah, I think, focus on the line, I was expecting an actor no more than 10 years old driving a car. The fact this person was angry about this, I mean, I just never... I'm, <laughs> I'm never, never going to get it. Oh, baby driver. Baby oh, driver. <laughs> two all, yes, two all. It's baby driver. Ah, so, uh, like, right, in the running for me, when I was compiling the quiz, one of the other reviews I saw was, um, I really enjoyed Boss Baby, so I thought Baby Driver was a sequel. <laughs> This is why, this is why <gasps> Asylum films make films, because oh, of idiots like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, oh dear. Right, uh, um, question hello. six, is this? Are we yeah, six, six? Yeah. yeah. All right, this is five stars. Squid things come down to earth to chill and paint. Five stars as well for that. It's such an incredible... Condensment of what happens in that film. <laughs> it's absurd. Arrival. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> the come, come from behind. Oh my god. Three, two. Squid things come down to earth to chill and paint. Five stars. It is a five star movie, but not for that reason. <laughs> Do you think Denny Villeneuve is ever just like going through Amazon? Right, and he comes across a review like this. He's like, "Why do I fucking bother? Like, seriously, <laughs> what it's the like, amount of work I put into that movie? Up, mate. <laughs> I know. They just chill and paint, mate. Oh dear. Right. Question seven is this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Right. One star. They are criminals, 
but nobody deserves to be hit in the head over and over again by a brick. Home Alone 2, Lost in New yes, York. Yes, <laughs> oh, no. 14th Screaming ahead. Oh, my word. Uh, I mean, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> not the star rating, not <laughs> right, James, mate, you, uh, I've got a tiebreaker question in case you can pull this back. Um, right, um, this is, I mean, I had to include this. It's very hard. But it's a brilliant review. One star. I'm mad at my boyfriend for making me watch this. I might leave him. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that was written by my other half. <laughs> <laughs> now, think about uh, a movie franchise that um, I endure quite a bit. Um Paul Blart Cop. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, you are on the right lines, then. And it's a franchise that you're forced to watch quite often. Yes. And it's not Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, it's not that, no. Power Rangers? No. Oh, damn. Just, just think laterally. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, think laterally on the previous answer. I'm going to be such a stickler for this. Do you want me to answer? Yeah, go on. I'm, I yeah, can't I'm out. Right, it's Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. Oh, oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get this right, lads. We've got to get this right. Um, <laughs> as the finale, because this is question 10. Oh, I've lost them. Yeah, I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry, James. This is really cementing Simon's victory at this point. <laughs> Five stars. Final question. This fixed my intimacy problems with my wife. My <laughs> wife and I have been having issues in the bedroom and now all I have to do to get us both in the mood is turn on the name of this movie. Fifty Shades of Grey. No. Oh, damn it. Basic Instinct. No. no. Um, and I asked this question through the direct lens of this podcast. Um, hard Target. No. <laughs> oh, that, that would be me. That would be me writing that review. <laughs> Connor. No. Although, also, totally appropriate. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to go there? Yeah, what, what is it? It is Mick LaSalle's film, American Film of the Summer, <laughs> Click. Click. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's- is that a sexy movie? <laughs> yeah, I don't... really not. If you like Adam Sandler gurning and fat Adam Sandler in a fat, fat, suit, Sand- in a fat then... suit, bingo, baby. It must be the bit where, uh, where Adam Sandler said, "I can't be fat, kiddies." <laughs> <laughs> James, <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> oh, uh, super stuff. Sai, you are our winner. Was it 4-2 four four two two. or 4-3? Four 4-2. Four two. Four two. A comprehensive win. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, I enjoyed that so much, lads. Uh, let's do that again on, oh, on our 100th episode. That's um, funny. <laughs> so, tonight, I mean, we're, we're a film podcast and we've got to talk about a film. So, the film tonight was chosen by James. It was your pick. 
It was. So, in tonight's film, Jeff Goldblum's Ian Malcolm returns sans smouldering sexual energy and is once again conned by dodgy Santa into <laughs> travelling to an island where the inhabitants dodgy are intent Santa. on feasting on his keister. <laughs> Directed by one Steven of Spielberg, this film is, of course, 1997's Jurassic Park sequel, The Lost World. British family on a yacht cruise stumbled upon Site B. And now it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found and pillaged. Hopefully we've kept this island quarantined and contained, but I'm in shock about all this. starts but then later there's running and, and screaming what the hell was that go as fast as you can world Jurassic Park so uh, two reasons really so I was 12 when this sequel came out and we went to the cinema with the whole family to see it and it's probably the most excited I'd ever been to see anything ever for a short time I thought it was the best film I'd ever seen uh, what can I say 12 year old are idiots <laughs> I, I think it's and secondly I'm, I think it's been forgotten following the release of the Jurassic World movies and in my opinion, it's an infinitely better film than any of those, especially Fallen Kingdom, which is up there with Independence Day 2 in terms of worst blockbuster sequels of all time. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's why I picked it, because I genuinely think it's really good in terms of the Jurassic Park sequel. Mm. Awesome, awesome. Uh, it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sai? What's your thoughts on this one? Oh, pr- pretty similar. I I remember watching this like well, like every kid who'd seen the first one in the cinema and was well and truly blown away by it. Um, it's it's just great. Uh, yeah, I loved it as a kid. Um, I'd seen it again, but hadn't seen it for a while. So, yeah, was looking forward to watch it again. And it was one of those rare movies where my um other half was like, oh yeah, I'll watch that with you because she loves dinosaurs. Oh, nice, so she, nice. she watched, and well. Dinosaurs and Jeff Goldblum. I mean, so, uh, yeah, that's what she wanted to watch it. Oh, yeah. So if he had got it on with the Triceratops in the first movie, woof. Yeah. So <laughs> if that's a Venn diagram so, with your girlfriend right in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Precisely. Sai, Jeff Goldblum, Triceratops. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How do the 
Triceratops coming to this? I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 oh dear, I, 97, wasn't it? Summer 97. I was beside myself with the idea that this film was coming yeah. out. Just beyond it. Um, obviously, Jurassic Park changed um, everything for me. I couldn't wait, I couldn't sleep about this film. And the idea that there were returning cast members obviously was just massive to me. I also, though, in the lead-up, though, um, I read the book uh, by, uh, obviously, uh, Michael Crichton. Yep. He did a sequel. Um, How is the I novel? Thought... I've read the novel of Jurassic Park, but I never read the novel of The Lost yes, World. I, I, I believe I it deviates the, quite the a lot, world. the film, from the other than the side does, being but... Malcolm being back. That's about it, really, in terms Not of... Not massively. Oh, right. Uh, no, there are, there are some giant deviations, but at the heart of it, it is a brilliant, brilliant book. Um, and it's an excellent sequel to Jurassic Park. Um, and there's a character in there, um, Richard Levine, who is the sort of the, um, I think he is who um, the Ludlow character in this one is. Right. Uh, or Ludlum, mm. or whatever his yeah. name is, um, was sort of loosely based on. He's Sarah Harding's sort of um, superior in a research sense. Yeah, because she's just... not a paleontologist in the book, is she? She's That's just right, a behavior, yeah. behavior scientist or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Now, the, the book is, I, honestly, if you like, because I always thought that the Jurassic Park book was an expansion on the amazing world of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, because I experienced the movie before. Yeah, of course. Book, yeah, yeah. Whereas this time, I think, if and I might be wrong in this, but I think it's the other way around. Yeah. So I was just, uh, I was amazed and delighted because the, the world of the book is just so rich in Jurassic Park lore. Um, to continue it, it was just so exciting and so amazing, and I just want to go and read it right now. I'm just talking about it, it's so good. So yeah, I just um, I, I, to be honest, they they could have done pretty much anything with Spielberg in charge, with yeah. this, and I would have been excited. So yeah, that that's it. Um, I was there opening weekend, uh, Warrington UCI, uh, with my cousin um, who's American, and um, he said to me on the way in. It's not that good, you know. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, spoiler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty depressing. Sorry to interrupt, Rob, but but now you mentioned the books, I just have to do what you usually do and go to my bookshelf. And I have... Yes! The, 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 first, the first book. Oh, I have man. The Lost World. Yes, man! And I also have a book called The Science of Jurassic Park and the Lost World. You have that! Uh, You've got that book. Hang on a minute. I've got that down By here. Rob, well. Rob and David Lindley, The Science Lovely. of the Lost World. Or How to Build a Dinosaur. <laughs> oh, no yeah. way. Oh, no wonderful. flipping way, man. I didn't know anyone else on this planet on this book. By the way, listeners, we're both holding up the same copy. Size, And they both uh... took their trousers off and it's really weird. <laughs> Sai, is yours a paperback? I've got a little hardback here. I think you've both got hardbacks. I got it for Christmas. I got it for Christmas. I'll read the note in it. Uh, to Simon, so you can tell me of all the factoids of the dinosaurs. Love from Jess. So that was a lovely, oh. lovely Christmas present. Oh. Was that a recent, a recent one from, from like your betrothed? Yeah, yeah. That was no uh, she got me a couple of years ago because um, she wanted me to read the Jurassic Park books, and, and here they are on my bookshelf in my room. And I no to... way, did like right. That's why we've been friends for years, man. Need because... to finish the second one. I got to page eighty-eight. Uh, need to get <laughs> oh, it's so on. good, man. It's so good. Um, I got I got this in um, Florida in nineteen ninety-nine. This copy, lovely. Oof. So. It's amazing. I'm so glad. I thought that whole thing had just died in a massive death. So I'm so glad it's still getting bored. <laughs> so thank you, Jess. 
is what I was saying. That's amazing. Uh, I, I've got to be honest, lads. Um, I was really surprised that this could qualify for tonight. Um, so, James, is it on budget that this qualifies with? Budget and box office, surely it can't be. No, it absolutely isn't. So, The Lost World took the record for the highest single-day box office take, uh, taking £26.1 million on May 25th. Of 1997, I think then um, that was surpassed by The Phantom Menace when that came out a few few years later. It also became the fastest film to pass the 100 million dollar mark, achieving the feat in just six days. However, despite these records, its total box office gross fell below the total of the original film. So, in total, it grossed 229.1 million in the US and 389.5 million internationally for a total of 618.6 million worldwide against a budget of 73 million dollars. So it was a huge hit and it was actually the second highest grossing film of 1997 behind which film guys? 97. Independence Day was 96. It was. Yeah. Is it double team with Rodman and Van? No, that I don't know where that came. I'm not sure that cracked the top five. To be honest with you, Rob. Top five. I think top fifty might be James. <laughs> Ninety-seven. What was it, James? It was the former highest-grossing movie of all time, Titanic. No. Oh, was that nice? <clears throat> wow. Was that ninety-seven? It as was. Well? Yeah, yeah. It. What a year. <sighs> oh, Face-off was also that. Year. I know. Yeah. Where did that come? And Connor. <sighs> what a year (laughs) flippant heck cinema's greatest year perhaps (laughs) sorry James what was was that budget you just gave us 73 million dollars that's incredible yeah Uh, I think it's that'd probably be about 140 150 now would it yeah yeah possibly 23 years ago I mean because the first one was made for was it 63 i think the first one was made yeah, for so this one i i 60 issued my head because this one i mean like there's a hell of a lot more dinosaurs in this one than there is in the first yes one. dave dave stretched this budget big yeah amazing absolutely amazing and i found in the trivia that spielberg brought in like five days ahead of schedule yes i saw which that, is incredible yeah. like a film of this size Got his job, any? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a huge, it was a big old hit. Right. So, in which case, Sai, critically, please be kind. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember it not getting big critical fanfare at the time, but I don't, I don't remember it being as bad as it appears to be. So, yes, this is obviously where it qualifies. Rotten Tomatoes has got it. It's fifty-two percent on the critics and fifty-one with the audience as well, which I was oh, quite surprised really? at. Awesome. I think Metacritic's a more sort of accurate representation of it. 59 critics and 7.2 with the audience. Letterboxd at three, so it's just higher than the average, just about. We may as well just get it out of the way. Uh, Let's bring in the sheriff. We need to bring in the sheriff. (laughs) Oh, my days. Mick LaSalle hated this movie. Oh, no! <laughs> no! no oh, he loved no. Southern Death, but he hated The Lost World Jurassic Park. He's all over the map, this kid, which is why we love him. I just love him so much. <laughs> He's broke my heart here. The biggest sequel of the summer has more dinosaurs, better special effects, and more action than the original Jurassic Park. But the inspiration is gone, and with it, most of the fun. So he was, he was, not, he was not impressed with this one. And then... Um, yeah, just 
Americans were not into it at all. In England, however, if we go to um, Empire, which is our sort of biggest magazine, isn't it, in terms of yeah, Britain? Yeah, it's our flagship violence. magazine. But, yeah, our flagship sort of magazine. There was two reviews, actually, from Empire. Both give it four out of five. And this one from Anna Smith, who says, not as good as the original, but as far as sequels go, it's way, way above the average. Um, and yeah, she gave it four out of five. There was some really good ones on Letterboxd, which I probably w- w- like dip into. Some really fucking harsh ones, <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> so this was watched by Dinch on the 3rd of June 2018, who gave it half a star. No, come on, Dinch, you've had a fucking nightmare here. <laughs> he said, the nadir of Spielberg's career, spelt Spielberg wrong, by the way, uh, a soulless, stupid, inelegant boring mess i can't believe that someone who is so attuned to the mechanics of blockbusters and has created some of the most inedible porn sorry created some of the most indelible popcorn films of the last 30 years would be involved in such a train wreck it's like oh that is astonishing sorry sorry can you just before we go any further you are aware you said inedible porn (laughs) no i i i had to i had to Tread back. No, I know I like, you did. I was like, why what would he say? Expression? Why would he say inedible porn film? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other, there was another one by uh, someone called Nosh Milkinson who reviewed this quite recently in, in June 2020. Give it one star and said, hard to believe that someone with the prestige of late nineties Spielberg would agree to do this generic action disaster movie hybrid. I know he doesn't write his own scripts, but after this, I'm convinced he doesn't read them either. Dear me. Oof. Yeah, not there was there was a lot, and and again, like both both these are both American reviewers, and if you go on your Rotten Tomatoes and your Metacritic's, a lot of the negative ones were from stateside. The only positive one really was from the LA Times, who gave it three out of five. Right. Um, wow. But to end on a positive spin of the Letterbox reviews, uh, this was rewatched by Piano Meister on the 17th of April this year who says, I love this review, this is unironically the greatest film of all time, the peak of cinema. Get your Citizen Kane bullshit out of here. Great ass movie. Watch The Lost World for... Watch The Lost World for true art. For legal reasons, this is purely hypothetical, but if someone were to form a cult over a perfect movie, this is the perfect movie to form a cult over and dedicate your pathetic, worthless life to If a little strong female protagonist doing gymnastics and kicking a velociraptor 20 stories to its demise on a stake just to defend her family isn't the greatest thing you've ever seen, you should give up your eye privileges because clearly you ice, your eyesight is shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the life essence of this film lives in my blood and I am heir to its legacy. Spielberg said to plan B. Me. <laughs> Brilliant. What was it? Piano Meister? Oh, it's superb. It's so good. Absolutely. Excellent. I was howling when I <laughs> That's so good. Oh, but um that's si, I don't know if you found so, this when you were um when you were uh, going through the reviews. <laughs> uh but there was another dissenting voice from the actual film set, which surprised me quite a bit. And uh it was a guy called Steven Spielberg 
So, <laughs> oh, Spielberg. Who is he like a second grip or something? So, uh, Spielberg <laughs> said that during the production, he became increasingly disenchanted with the film, stating, I beat myself up, growing more and more impatient with myself. I got the feeling I was just making this big, silent, raw movie. I found myself saying, Is that all there is? It's not enough for me. So he had like an existential crisis while he was making the movie. So I think what's interesting with the context with Spielberg at this stage is that he's had four years off. This is his first film back Mm. since the double whammy of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. And he's, you know, he's been doing other stuff during that time. I think he was setting up DreamWorks during that hiatus. And this is what he came back with. And I think he directed Armistad as well in the same year. Yeah. It's a long um, time. Four years is a long time. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe he was just like, well, this is a surefire hit and I'm going to do it. And maybe his heart wasn't in it like it was the first time around and I need to come back with a bang. But he sounds like he wasn't completely... Or maybe the fact that he'd made such a heavy film beforehand in terms of Schindler's List that had so much to say in terms and had such a artistic impact on the world and finally got him the Oscar that he'd, that he'd been pursuing that maybe he thought that he'd gone beyond this sort of material now. I don't this know. Sort of movie, yeah. um, but if this is him operating at like in like second gear, he still absolutely knocks some of these sequences out of the park. Like this is if this is him in like can't be arsed mode, I, you know, yeah. well, we've seen what he's like when he's firing on all cylinders, but some of the sequences in this film are absolutely astonishing that he's put together. Totally right. Yeah. When you rewatch this film, I mean, I don't know about you guys. When I was watching it, I was like steps ahead and going like, holy shit, this is the shot. What comes up next? And my head knew the shot. Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, I I know what shot's coming up next. It, that's a good shot. I know what scene's coming up next. That's a really good scene. Yeah. And it, this film is full of them. It's just it really is. top to bottom full of really amazing, proper, like if you would write a book about cinema now, I guess, there are scenes from this movie what would be in there. Exactly. How to yeah, the, how to do a good match cut, how to yeah. shoot a tense scene in an action movie, how to yeah, how to shoot scale and stuff. Like oh, yeah. it does it this does it all and it, there's so much good stuff about this movie which which I looking at the reviews people didn't appreciate at the time because they were too busy looking at the original going, oh, it's not as good as yeah, the original. Yeah, I mean... Like, yeah, but it, look at what it does do good. His understanding of the geography of a sequence yeah. of moving parts is second to none. Mm. It just, it, it, like the, it, like you say, there's so many sequences in this where you're like, we're just in the hands of an absolute master. Yeah. Fair enough, it might not be his finest work, but the sequences in the middle of that are just super. There's some of the best stuff he's, he's done in recent years. Like, I, I was looking back over the films that he's put out in the last 20 years. And he's put some good stuff out and where, you know, not as prolific or as consistent in terms of quality as he has been in previous decades. But I look back at The Lost World and there's like there's like three or four different sequences in this that I will always remember that are just really, really yeah. memorable sequences. Yeah. Totally. Sometimes it's not just sequences. It's like shots, yeah. certain shots. Great, I, yeah. I won't forget. Mm. Um yeah, it's super. Well, should we use that as a, a lead off to get into the film itself? Absolutely, yes. Um, because I feel like we're all chomping at the bit to have a chat about it. <laughs> so let's get in there. Um, we open up with, um, well, it's that it's that brilliant font, the Universal logo. Yeah. And then we're in with a 
Oh dear, a massively douchey family. Oh yeah, um, British who, as well. Oh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> oh dear, who are boating? I mean, I, I this is my. I, I would never say this is a quibble about films because I'm not that protect, protective of my national identity. Yeah. But I, you know, so often in films we are as Brits just insufferable toffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this and this is a prime example of that. But the opening shot yeah. of this is incredible because it starts like yeah. on the boat, doesn't it? And then it's on a it's on a champagne flute, isn't it? And we think we're following this yeah. one guy. And then he it racks focus, and we're actually following a different waiter. And then he brings it down and puts it on the table in front of this king douchebag. Who <laughs> like, <laughs> looks, uh, you know, he looks so much like Michael Keaton and Tim Curry had a baby. Absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. At Eton, yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> Fired direct into Eton. Yeah. <laughs> Direct from the womb into Eaton's metal. Yeah. <laughs> Straight into some polo shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they're just like chilling on this, what they believe is a deserted island. And uh, the little girl scurries off, doesn't she, with a roast beef sandwich because she doesn't want like the foie gras that they're having on, <laughs> on the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on the beach. The is, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I go on holiday, this is exactly why. Exactly, yeah. Bring a load of servants. So the kids, like, if you don't want your fragoire, it's roast beef and nothing. Yes, it's it's roast beef and get your and get your face eaten by some little dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can't. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the full name of these dinosaurs. They're referred to as compies, aren't they? Procompsignathus. Yeah, go on, <laughs> Procompsignathus. Yes. Can we call them compies? Is that all right? For... Okay. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so, so this is the scene where it goes into, as I briefly mentioned before, uh, how to do a match cut. Oh, what yes. transition! We, we this go is. from um, we go from the screaming mother of this um, this poor girl who's getting her face bitten off by these compies who were uh, fantastic addition, aren't they? Yeah, cute at first, but not. So much when they're yeah, I mean chomping. they are an amazing effect, aren't they? I they're mean, great because they're very rubbery as well, aren't they? Like they use some good animatronics yeah, later on, definitely. Because yeah, Stan Winston said this was really hard to do because they were so tiny and you would see the the whole body. Yeah, that they had to make the animatronics a lot better than they would have before. You know, with the T Rexes and the Raptors, you can kind of fudge a lot of it, but with these, yeah, better, yeah. He had to make it quite advanced so you could see the whole body and then they obviously filled in the gaps with CGI. But from from this shot, you go from a screaming mother to our hero of the hour, Mr. Ian Malcolm. Yes. Um, it's, it's it's such a good transition, isn't it? Going it's, from that. it's one of the best in cinema. Like Everyone it raves is. about it the really one in uh, The Graduate where um, Dustin Hoffman pulls himself up on Sunday Lilo and then he's on top of Mrs. Robinson. But this is better. This is better than yes, that. <laughs> They all talk about uh, 2001 with the with the monkey yeah. chucking the bone up and it ch- cut, cut into the spaceship. But no, th- it's this. It's, it's, it's this. This is the this. best match cut in history. This is the best match cut in the history of cinema. No, but this is this is Spielberg who doesn't care and is cruising, by the way. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Yeah. He's still, he's pulling, he's still pulling off cinema history. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. It was, so it's a, a yawning Ian Malcolm getting on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> just brilliant. Super stuff. So uh, and then he's, he's faced with some of the most incredible... Um, Sort of memorable cinematic douchebaggery yeah. on the subway. Um, that weirdo with the yeah. incredible hair. Like, hey, hey, 
Hey, hey, hey, you know, um, I recognise him from... Yeah, and it turns out that, as we find out in the next five minutes, that Malcolm didn't listen at all to the non-disclosure agreements <laughs> no, he signed. No. He no. just told every man and his dog what went on, what he saw. Yeah. Um, so I do feel sympathy for him, but not as much, because... Well, no, I think he's he's, he's trying to, like, warn the public about this evil corporation that is InGen, mm. and... Yeah, he so he signed that non-disclosure before he probably didn't believe there were any dinosaurs on that island when he went there in the first place. Yes, yes. And no, he certainly didn't think he was going to be coming back like disabled and having seen people being maimed and eaten by prehistoric creatures. <laughs> <laughs> and having come so close himself to being one of them. Exactly, yeah. So basically, InGen do what all good corporations do is destroy all of his credibility and destroy his career. You've actually helped me here, James, actually, because I, I was feeling like a little bit, you know, like when Ludlow says, because we get introduced to Peter Ludlow at uh, uh, Hammond Mansion, I suppose. And is, is he Hammond's is. son? Is his nephew? His nephew. nephew. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, yeah. he's a, he's a massive weasel, isn't he, Peter Love? Oh he's yeah, he is. Absolutely yeah. massive. Like um, this would cost more than your education. Oh <laughs> yes. I mean, you guys probably saw this as well, but supposed to have been Gary Oldman, but scheduling conflicts. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Made it so that he wasn't. Ludlow, which I, oh. I I don't think it would have worked with Gary Oldman. Is he not you'd too like cool him to too play much. that part? Yeah, 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 you'd like him too much, wouldn't you? I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't Dracula think playing Ludlow, that would be weird. Yeah. But <laughs> even even in the films where he's like a horrible, horrible man, you still yeah warm to him to to a degree, don't you? Because he's got Gary too much Oldman. charisma, I think. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Ludlow, he's an absolute douchebag. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Uh, and Hammond, uh, we get introduced to Hammond, but he sees the kids from the first movie, which is yeah, yeah. It's it's quite. Uh, it's, it's like a massive shot in the nostalgias, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just amazed that Lex isn't just going. He left us. He left us. He left us. <laughs> <laughs> Completely damaged <laughs> from the first. Why not? <laughs> oh no! The, how much trauma these kids must have gone through. I know they seem quite well adjusted, though. Yes, still on speaking terms with their grandfather, which I don't think I would be if he'd taken me to an island no. <laughs> and I'd almost died. Yeah. Do you want to go to your, your your granddad's crap zoo for a weekend, or you might die, <laughs> yeah. and not hold it against him for the rest of his life? <laughs> I've seen this film. I don't know how many times. Each and every time I watch it, I forget that Lex and Tim are in it. And then yes. they go, oh, yeah. she, oh, they're in it. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's lovely. They're just, they're only in one scene. And I'm like, damn, I want, I want yeah. Lex to crack more systems. <laughs> I know this system. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. So he goes, uh, Malcolm goes up into Hammond's bedroom. Hammond is quite clearly not very well. Lovely mahogany wood everywhere. Absolutely yeah. adoring all this. Why is this film shot in soft focus? Because it's shot by Janos Kaminsky and all of his movies look like that. But like this, this scene particular like looks like it's got a red shoe diaries tint to it. No, I, 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 really. I this was one of the things I first noticed about it, actually. How I really liked how all the whites were really overblown mm. and it was yeah. all quite soft, and everything was quite ange- angelic. Yeah, you know, going to wanky mode. No, that's not. That's not that word. It's really striking, isn't it? Like the yeah. lighting, in, especially in yeah. this first sequence, is just a bit. Heavenly with Hammond, like he's God himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like yes, yeah. Because God also loves mahogany. <laughs> mahogany <laughs> finishes. <laughs> 
But that's the thing with Spielberg. Since Schindler's List, uh, Kaminsky's shot every single one of his movies. And that's something that always strikes me is how blown out the whites are that are, that are coming in through the windows. And to be honest with you, I don't think it works with every single film. I think it, the film looks tons better once they actually get on the island and he doesn't have the yes. opportunity to do that anymore. Because Dean Cundy shot the first movie. Mm. Yes. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that he'd swapped over for this one. Considering the relationship he had with Cundy. That is amazing. It definitely looks different to the first one, doesn't it? Definitely. He used to switch out his director of photography, and I think that's possibly why some of his more recent films look a little bit stale, because he's just been working with the same people for 23 years. Yeah. Um, I think the film looks really good, but the, the, I did. I was like, flipping heck, put a filter on. Like, it's all a bit bleached <laughs> out here. Like, <laughs> I don't want to tell you your job. I know you've won an Oscar and everything, but come on. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you do notice it a lot, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you where it can go either way, whether you like it or not. But you definitely notice it. Yeah, it's you know, it's not something what's subtle. He convinces, um, well, Hammond convinces Malcolm. They cons him into going to the island. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then he does that lovely thing with his fingers. One, two, three, four. We got a team. There you go. Yeah. He's on his way. And for some reason, we get the triumphant Jurassic Park theme at this yes, point. Yes, yes. That's the only point hand. as well, isn't it? The yeah, only yeah. point. Like, they're, walking, <laughs> they're leaving the room and it's like... Hang on, this isn't... I haven't seen a dinosaur yet, apart from Hammond. Uh, and then um, we're out to well that that like this hangar where they're all getting stuff ready. Yeah. And um, brilliant Richard Schiff uh, playing Eddie Carr. Oh yeah, lo- I love him. What a, an amazing so secondary him. character. He's yeah, so he's great. Good, yeah, yeah. He? He's really, really good. Yeah, I think this is like I, I've not seen and I, I know Richard Schiff has been in a lot of really great stuff. Yeah, because I've not seen him in much stuff. I thought he's amazing in this. Yeah, well, he's probably most famous for the West Wing, isn't it? That's yeah, I that's think. what I'm alluding to, James. Um, yeah. Which I've never watched myself because when it was on, I wasn't, I didn't have any interest in American politics, and now it's it'll just feel like really idealistic and not realistic to what the world <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's great, and then we get um, a post swingers uh, Vince Vaughn yeah. as well in there, which is a real like jump up from a five hundred thousand dollar independent movie straight into this, and doesn't look out of place. I think he's very good in the Nick Van Owen role. Fine, yeah, very good, fine, isn't he? And yeah, yeah, uh, you know, again. Um, Trivia Bonanza. He he got the role because Spielberg had to approve the use of a Jaws theme. Yeah. In Swingers, and he saw Vince Vaughn in that, and he was like, "I need to put him in my next movie." And this was the next That's movie. Awesome. So he put That's him absolutely um, brilliant. Yeah. But he's Loves he's like Vince Vaughn is great in this, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's you know, good. He's play. He's pretty much the same person as he is in Swingers. Like, a, yeah. oh yeah, you know, yeah, smooth talking ladies man. Um. But then in well, this, that, he's also he's yeah he's he's an environmentalist, isn't he? He's got a yeah. conscience as well. <laughs> You're that Earth first, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but he's got it, ulterior yeah. motives, hasn't he? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, you know, in, in the, the first time you get a close up of Vince Ford in the film, he's walking up like, "I was on Nightline, Rwanda, Chechnya, and what drew you to to to, to Greenpeace? Women." First close up you get him, it's a bit weird. It's all the beautiful babies. Character in and then we're introduced to uh, Goldblum's daughter. Yes. 
mm. Kelly. Kelly Curtis, uh, who's play, played by Vanessa Chester. And I did a bit of digging on Vanessa Chester's career after this, and truthfully, she's not done a lot since. Yeah, she must have just really crushed the audition and Spielberg liked her, and if Spielberg likes her, you go in the movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll get on to her sort of crowning moment later. Yeah. On. Um, but I, I, you know, um, I thought she was good. Oh, I don't yeah, have yeah. any problem with it whatsoever. I don't it's have good. any problem with any of the performances in this film. I think, I think everyone's no, that's doing true. What's, what is required of the script and the setting. It's like, yeah. you, you take the cast. I mean, I know I moaned before about all the critics comparing this to the first one, but if you take the cast from the first one, you go, right, great cast. You've got Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Samuel R. Jackson. But then the cast in this one's equally as good, I think. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Julianne Moore, yeah. Goldblum doing what Goldblum. Do. I, I mean, I kind of, I, I felt this at the time as well, and I kind of still feel it that it's a different character. I don't think he's Ian Malcolm anymore. He's just Jeff Goldblum now. Like he's, just, I don't know. He's just not. I know what you mean. Not just because mean. his hair's cut, but he he doesn't feel like the same character. But. Yeah, I, I like that go because as we said earlier, the trauma killed his boner, yeah. and he's not got the same pizzazz <laughs> that, that he once had. No, I think what would have helped is that um, I think this this film missed was that there was quite a bit of science in the first film. Yeah, and there's none in this film whatsoever. Oh, that's no, a good point, actually. Yeah, and, there's no and I think science. That there. If you'd have given a, given Goldblum a chance, there's only one scientific discussion in this film and that's about um, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle about how you can uh, you will always affect what it is you study you will always yes. change what you study just by the mere fact of studying it and that was really expanded across like five pages or so in the book yeah absolutely and I thought he really missed that actually mm. well th- this is the thing they're making a different movie this time aren't they it's much more of just a straight up monster movie survive the island isn't it they're not having yeah, those yeah, it is, yeah. they still have the philosophical theme in terms of man versus nature and man shouldn't mess- meddle with nature that's still a huge theme that's running through the film but it's much more about spectacle and set pieces this time yeah. I feel than the, than the first film was Yeah, it, it's also quite that you know it's quite sort of heavy handed in, in its paternal themes as well about yeah, absolutely, being yeah. a parent as Jeff Goldblum well, with his daughter and then also with the T-Rexes and their little baby T-Rex yes. oh yes and I mean, there's I, a lot I, of parallels <laughs> in that so it's it's more of a it's more of a humanity sort of tale rather than a science tale isn't it this one because yeah. it's about Definitely. like protecting these animals as they are, whereas the first one was about just the science of it all. And exactly, and, and plus we know how they've all been made now, don't we? So we don't need to retread mm. that ground. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're off, we're off to the island, um, and what we should have said is that Goldblum's ag- agreed to go because his uh, girlfriend, uh, played by Julianne Moore, Sarah Harding, is a paleontologist who's already gone out to the island, and that's how Hammond's conned him into going. So they're off there. And when he gets there, um, Sarah Harding is interfering with some stegosauruses. Not in, not in that way. Make <laughs> <laughs> it sound less sinister, James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 James, just before this, can I talk, can I just bring slightly in the boat driver? Yeah. Um, I, I I find this guy so interesting because he's clearly. I mean, he's like apoplectic with worry about these islands, <laughs> yeah. but he just brought his son along. Why did you come along, son? Well, if he gets no. eaten, who's going to drive the boat back? The boat, the boat. Well, no one. <laughs> no one. Oh, it's so, I the love it. The kid's got to drive the boat back if his dad gets eaten. <laughs> I love how uh, Vince Vaughn can speak Spanish. I'm, I'm 
yeah. If he would offer me a drink, I would gladly take that drink. Yeah. <laughs> Cinco Mertes. Yeah. And, and the the brilliantly sort of I don't know like the arrogant way the five deaths. Yeah. Five deaths. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got um. This is where the like John Williams' new score for this movie starts to start pump, doesn't it? Really, it does. It's really yeah, different, yeah. isn't it? A lot more yeah. bongos in this one. Yeah, a, a touch more militaristic. Yeah, yeah. So I think it has that sort of King Kong sort of feel as well in terms of going to an island where there's all sorts of nasty things that can murder you. Yeah, yeah. And they go up river, and sure enough, they find Sarah, but they also find yeah some stegosaurs. Uh, this how do you how do you think the CGI held up on these stegosauruses? What I like about the two Jurassic Park movies that Spielberg directed is he sort of understands that the CGI is good, uh, but it's better when it's at night and when he can hide some of the joins with shadows and things like that. I thought these stegosauruses didn't look great when they were CG because it was all a bit too bright. And blown out in the in those yeah in those yeah. shots. I know what you mean. I didn't have I didn't have a massive problem. Not that with it, it took me out of it. It's just like I, yeah. I remember in nineteen ninety seven, it was absolutely blown away. But I think it yeah. you know it's cutting edge for the time. But I don't think it, that yeah. those particular shots have held up as well. Yeah, it, it's it's still streets ahead of so much of the CGI from this time. Yeah, because you know what he knows as well, and he knew this now, and I don't know if he still knows it because some of his other movies suggest that he doesn't anymore. But he knows that in close-up, CGI looks absolutely terrible. So he always shoots CGI in yeah. long shot. Such a good point. Because I think now the way that a lot of blockbusters are made is that they're so heavily reliant on CGI. Like If I see a CGI close-up, I'm like, that's just not real. But what Spielberg yeah. does so well in this is anything that's close-up where uh, a human character is interacting with one of the dinosaurs, if he can, he will put an animatronic in there. Yeah. Or something You're physical, so right, and it mate. just makes a massive difference. It really does. Like, he does it from the small stuff, like the compies, yeah. uh, right up to the Triceratops and the T-Rex, doesn't yeah, it? You know, like, he makes yeah. sure that they're all, like, if there's any interaction up close, that it's all authentic and it's all real time and real, you know. Yeah, because he amazing. obviously knows, he's like, this CGI looks quite good, but it's not quite there, you know, and he doesn't want to take you out of it too much. Yeah. He'll use it for movement and for you know big spectacle shots uh but he still uses it quite sparingly compared to a lot of modern movies oh yeah definitely definitely the only uh, it's not the cgi in this stegosaurus sequence that i find a little jarring it's when um sarah harding played by julianne moore turns around and goes hey nick (laughs) um which i didn't enjoy there's a lot, like, I found there was a lot of shouting, and it was like, why are we bringing attention to ourselves yeah, yeah. with there's clearly dinosaurs? I remember when, uh, Don't do it. Like, Sarah and... Harding! No! That's a great oh. joke, though. <laughs> I thought there were some genuinely good jokes in this, and going yeah, back yes. to that one-star review or half-star review from whatever that douchebag was called who said the script was rubbish, <laughs> there's some really good jokes. This is one of them where they're shouting for Sarah... Um, yeah, and then Vince Ford goes, Sarah Harding. And he's got how many Sarahs? You how, many, how many Sarahs did Bronson? I just, uh, you know, she's supposed to be a massive expert, and she's wearing old khaki, apart from a red T-shirt. 
Oh, yeah. Just can't I, help thinking that's just not the right thing to wear. I've got some issues with Sarah Harding. I think she's possibly the worst paleontologist in the world. They'd have been better off taking Ross I, Geller on this expedition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Worst paleontologist, worst behavior, you know, animal behavior expert. Uh, she makes so many rookie errors throughout the oh, course of the huge, film that we'll get huge. to. It. <laughs> Even though at the start, um, what's his name? Hammond is like, no, she knows what she's doing. She'll sleep downwind. Well, it's the best. Know, that's fine, unless you're wandering around in the blood of an animal's infant. I know, don't even get me started, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, anyway, she upsets the Stegosaurus and they get out of there, but she seems completely, like, chill about the whole thing. And, like, Jeff Goldblum's like, like you're out of your mind. Like, do you not remember all the stories I told you? And he's like, oh, we need to get off this island. And then they get back to the camper van and there's even more problems because... His daughter Kelly has stowed away, and she's on the island as well now, and he's got some real issues. Well, what kind of state it. did Kelly leave that trailer in? Well, she's been she there for the whole trap, for the whole trip from the states. To but how long's the, how long's the, she trashed it? There's, well, there's, there's a there's at least a flight and then a boat, so you think at oh, least a day or so. Well, I mean, it looks a nice place to hang out, but yeah. I, I'm just what kind of relationship does Sarah and Ian have? Yeah. I mean, like, what about, you know, she's listing all these things that he wasn't there for. Like, what about that dinner with, you, you know, your parents? Like, yeah. well, for a start, Ian Malcolm has parents. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like, right, he never showed up. What? She goes off and does this, doesn't tell him. What? Yeah. What relationship is this? Well, well, she has a line where she says, I'm the best kind of girlfriend, the one who travels a lot, which just sounds to me like they have a bit of an open relationship and what goes on top <laughs> stays on top. Like. Absolute <laughs> maniacs. Seriously, maniacs. The pair of them. Um, although that just made it a whole lot more I like my independence (laughs) 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 we get all these character intros come thick and fast because then uh, Pete Postlethwaite and his in-gen gang come don't they and Pete Postlethwaite is incredible in this he really is I mean you you watch the again we're going back to the first one but you see Muldoon from the first one you're like nothing can top that and then uh, while Postlethwaite's not the same in the you know he's, he's a pure big game hunter isn't he whereas yeah, yeah, Muldoon yeah, yeah, was yeah. more of a like a, a trainer like a wrangler wasn't he yeah yeah um, yeah but he's certainly that type of character in god damn he's good isn't he he's that so monologue he gets good. on his intro when they're chasing oh. down all the all the dinosaurs and a bit like me he can't remember any of the names of the dinosaurs so he starts giving them nicknames like Friar Tuck for them yeah. <laughs> Elvis, the Elvis. Yeah, out the one with the horn Elvis Lampador <laughs> Elvis <laughs> It's brilliant. Uh, guys, have you, did you see um, the deleted scene of Postlethwaite and um, his sort of, his best mate, um, RJ? No. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. It, it's um, set well before, obviously, this point in the film, but it's where they're in a, um, a bar somewhere, like very remote and exotic, and uh, they're discussing the possibility of going to hunt a T-Rex. Oh, is it good? It's such a good, it's a really good scene. This was one of the sort of issues I found with this film, actually, as it's quite obvious there's a lot of deleted scenes and yeah, quite yeah. key deleted scenes. And yes. the character of RJ is one of them because he oh, doesn't say a word in the film. He's just yeah. there. No. Yet Roland Tembo, he's really atta- He mentions him a lot and he's, you know, yeah. he's very Loves important to him. Loves but he d- he's just not in it. He's just, he's just, he's a face. He's like, you know, Peter Stormare gets more screen yeah. time than he Ooh, does yeah and yeah. that's for me like like 
fundamentally the only bit for me where this film is worried is it's quite obvious there's a lot of deleted scenes in yeah it's to no, accommodate I, I, the ending and to get it as close to two hours as yeah, possible yeah. that's 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 sadly what it feels like i mean yeah. um you know when um uh films massive films have like novelization tie-ins and yeah. graphic novel tie-ins i i bought the the lost world um graphic novel when it came out uh, oh, yeah. just before the film and it had loads about tembo and rj's yeah. relationship and it was all like obviously that was all taken from the script because yeah. that's what they'll have used to to go to make the the graphic novel from. So it was really sad. So I actually had much more of a handle, you know, and people who read the graphic novel before the movie will have yeah. had much more of a handle on that relationship and their relationship. Yeah, definitely. Rather than people who actually went to see the movie. Yeah, I think it's just a case of like a lot of the action sequences will have been longer than they were on the page because of how much tension Spielberg. Builds in those, Puts into yeah. It, yeah. Um, yeah, and then he's suddenly, de- and then he's decided that he really wants to have the sequences in the in San Diego as well later on, and we need to get there, and just yeah. the, a lot of the character, the stuff that gets cut is character stuff, essentially. Yeah, in, in order, it's, it's, so, it's so strange, like that idea to because we all, I mean, like spoiler alert, we know where this film goes, and it's probably quite important to talk about it while we know that bits were being snipped here and there to accommodate it. Mm. There's enough in here for two movies, definitely. And then... Absolutely. So from here, when we get with Possifweight, his main goal is to get a T-Rex. And to do yeah. that, he's going to lure it by taking its baby. So he finds the nest um, and then takes the baby. And again, another deleted scene, because we don't know how the T-Rex has broken his leg. Yeah. <laughs> but the T-Rex... We just assume Roland wasn't very gentle with the T-Rex baby. And... <laughs> That's definitely the assumption. This is this is the bit where it's um very like on the nose of environmentalists versus capitalists, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. you've got the InGen team who are purely there to take the assets to take them back to San Diego to create a new park in yeah, the city. Which is an even stupider idea than the, which I, is the stupid first idea. movie. <laughs> and then you've got Sarah Harding and, and Nick Van Owen who are environmentalists. Yeah. Who then try and free all the dinosaurs they've captured because they do a pretty good job, to be fair, in gen, don't they? they? Do. There's yeah, no, yeah. there's no casualties. They catch everything they need to catch, and yeah, great. Everything's job. dandy, and they're filming it on their lovely little cameras for the for the board. As as Nick Van Owen says, he's the he's Hammond's plan B, and yeah. uh, <laughs> they they release all the dinosaurs, don't they? Um, including the Triceratops and. This is when everything goes to shit, and it's yeah. their fault. <laughs> it's Basically, their yeah. Fault. yeah it's I why is Nick surprised? You know, like earlier, <laughs> he's like surprised that um, that he sees dinosaurs, and they're like, you know, uh, uh, Ian Malcolm's to him, like, you know, what do you think you're going to see? And he said, like, uh, big geese or something, big, <laughs> big iguanas, big, big iguanas, yeah, yeah. And then, like later, he's like, you know, I'm Plan B. You know, like I'm here to, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Real. What? you didn't even believe there was dinosaurs on the island. Give over, place. Nick. Yeah. He's a blagger. Uh, He's a blagger. Anyway, they take it. They take it too bloody far, don't they? Because they find the downed T Rex baby, and they decide that they're going to patch that up as well. Oh, these bleeding heart liberals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my kids were not happy about the injury to the T-Rex baby. No, I mean, were, this no. animatronic is amazing. It feels it's like a real so animatronic. Incredible, like, it? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It's genius. Absolute genius yeah. uh, piece of puppetry. And yeah. uh, they take it back to the camper van to patch it up. 
and uh, the T-Rex gets wind of this. And I remember this, this was a mind-blowing thing for me when I was, uh, when I was watching this for the first time in the cinema. I didn't realise there would be two T-Rexes. Oh, yeah. I just assumed that the baby T-Rex had been created in a lab as well, even. <laughs> that <just> doesn't <laughs> no, work chronologically. Funny. But when I saw two, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best film ever made. Like, here's <laughs> yeah. two of them. Like, I just think this scene alone, okay, this film's at least a three-star three movie. Three-star yeah. movie, just from this scene alone. Like, yeah. what? What you get and what Spielberg does is exactly what he did with the first film when you're first introduced to the T-Rex, but then it's somehow completely different. Yeah. And the tension he builds with it all, with the big trailer they've got. Yeah. Malcolm's daughter and Eddie are in the the, the treetop lift, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, the she wants to be in it. So they're in the high hide. Yeah. And there's a bit where it's chucking it down with rain. And they mention it, and then you hear the T Rex roar, don't you? Oh, and yeah, Eddie's yeah. face, and they're just like, "Oh my god!" And that moment, I'm just like, "Holy shit, this is a good movie!" Yeah. yeah. Like, how can you got to this point and see this and go, "This is shit." It this like that. Bit, it's just fundamentally like, not that. Yeah. It? It's it's not turd. This it's just not. It's really great action filmmaking. Like. You're so right. What what a sequence. Yeah. yeah. And the budget on display and you're not, it's not just a massive trailer falling off a cliff that would be dramatic by itself. Yeah. It's in a rainstorm with a man trying to save him with another vehicle involved and two full CGI slash animatronic T-Rexes. It's Incredible. astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's unbelievable ridiculous. heroism for, from uh, Richard Schiff's Eddie, Eddie Carr. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he gets his oh, just rewards in the end in terms of he gets flipped up in the air by a T-Rex and then ripped in half by a T-Rex. <laughs> 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 That's what you get for trying to be a hero. <laughs> Honestly, I I just didn't don't really care for the, the sort of the deaths in these movies really because they're PG films they're kind of yeah. you know they're always usually secondary characters you don't really give a shit I was gutted it was Eddie <laughs> oh, like, I, he, he is he's such a great character he's, he's so lovely and he's knowledgeable and he's yeah. funny can, can I tell you he's, he's who a hero wasn't upset. He's can I tell so you who good. wasn't upset by this who? Um, my five year old Sylvia was not upset with Eddie <laughs> because she said as soon as they broke the baby's leg she was on the side of the T-Rexes. She was well, like, yeah, whatever I mean, they do, I'm behind them. So when I said like, <laughs> well, oh, that was a bit... No, no, oh, no, no, no. She said, she said, well, she's one of the humans. He's one of the humans. Like, But he didn't do it like, he's human. You know, like, right? We've, we've gone over a precipice here. Yeah. Eddie totally deserved that, according yeah. to my five-year-old. So um, anyway, the uh, poor old Eddie's... Murdered horribly by by T Rexes. <laughs> well, I mean, <he's> just... <laughs> Malcolm, Sarah Harding, and Nick Van Owen have pulled up the mountain by the Ingen shits, and they have to team up now <laughs> because because basically they've wandered into T Rex territory and they all need to get the hell out of there. But Sarah Harding doesn't realise that the fact that she's walking around in a jacket covered in baby T Rex blood that that might be how the T Rex is going to track them across the as if she didn't across really. the island. She, Throw it in a bush; it's wet anyway. <laughs> she, someone even pointed it out to her and said, "Are you bleeding?" She's like, "No, no, it's the it's the T Rex's blood." Do you know what? Yeah, get so, rid of that. <laughs> yeah. So Roland doesn't even go to well, well, you know, we're being chased by two massive T Rexes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you want to throw that in a fucking bush back there. <laughs> yeah. Bin that off the cliff. Yeah, Sarah. someone get me Ross Geller. Like, how has she got on this? 
Or just, just you know, like uh, Roland Tempo's not. He doesn't mince words or actions. Yeah. He could have just tied her to a tree and gone right. We're going. So yeah, yeah. You, but he's obviously soft in the head as well because he doesn't even put two and two together at that stage. I, I just and never gets that that you know like right. This is a leap. This is genuinely a leap that a you know when you've gone to the effort to make make the audience aware of just how well trained this person is. Yeah. And then not only does she continue to wear it, but she hangs it up in the tent air it over out. their heads to, to air that sucker out. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, but all of that. I mean, like the walk through the woods is brilliant. We lose Peter Stormare, who oh, we've not given him much airtime at all. But he's so great and dastardly. He's great yeah. in everything I've ever seen him. In. Basically, he gets into a running battle with the compies, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Because he's that one earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're not scared. You know, yeah. Ooh, lovely. Lovely. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. He uh, has a great moment with Vince Vaughn, doesn't he? Where Vince Vaughn's like, uh, "Have you got a problem?" He's like. A- you're looking for a problem? You go, well, I found you did now. Oh, love it. Love it. So, tough so guy much dialogue. babyish alpha nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's also infor- informed me as a, as a father because now whenever I need to get the kids going, I say, let's get this movable feast underway. Yeah. You know, and then march them off somewhere. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're breaking our hearts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. all good. It's all good stuff. So anyway, the T-Rexes continue to track them, don't they, because of the stupid paleontologist who's in the group. Like, who's supposed honestly. to be a predator, predator behaviour expert. Let's yeah. Just... Um, the camp gets destroyed. Cartu is supposed to be helping Peter Stonehouse's character not get lost when he went for a shit in the woods. Uh, he gets like, trampled by a T-Rex. He like. does, but like... <laughs> What? Right, you're you're on a dinosaur island, right? Every second, every sound, every moment counts. I'm just gonna wham my headphones on. Listen to some Mexican Mexican <laughs> tunes at high volume. Yeah. I mean, I adore I it, but the music is so nice. And I think, you know, this might not be true, but it sounds a lot like the, the same track from the Jurassic Park one when you know Nedry and Dodgson are having. A- Having a cake together. <laughs> yeah, on it, but on it. So nice. Generic South American mariachi yeah, music. Yeah, it's just lovely. It, really? I, I'm here for it all. I'm here for it all. But yeah, then there's um, Robert Burke, the um, uh, paleont- the, the other paleontologist, like a rival paleontologist, yeah, yeah. who they're all running away from the T-Rex. And by the way, that T-Rex at night stuff just looks amazing. It's great, yeah. yeah. It's and, so good, it's, yeah. It, and the sound design's amazing. Holds up completely. It just totally holds. Yeah, you're so right, mate. Um, I like. I watched it with the kids last night. They thought this was absolutely thrilling watching yeah. this. They wanted to watch and gorge on the whole lot. And then, yeah, the T Rex gets his tongue out. So that's yeah, licking. brilliant. Man. <laughs> so nice. Um, incidentally, that's a scene from the Jurassic Park book, the first one. Um, uh. So, um, oh when, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, much more harrowingly, it was Alan and the two kids. Uh, and it was licking the kids. It was horrendous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, uh, and Bert gets pulled out. At this point, you know, there's like blood goes down the waterfall, doesn't it? Yeah. I yeah. put my hands over my five year old's eyes and, and um, shielded her from the horror. And she said, after she started to cry, like, why did you do that? I said, well, I didn't think you wanted to see that. Well, what was it? And I said, well, it, it was, you know, someone someone was getting hurt. And she said, was the blood? There was a bit of blood. Well, rewind it now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I rewound it, and she watched it, and she went, yeah. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> was that the, the guy who got eaten because he was scared of the snake? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, yeah, was, yeah. there was the like really horrendous sound effect when he. Yeah. yeah. This film shouldn't like, be a PG, like a, should it? Really? Like a bone, like someone had just got a bone and just got. Yeah. Oh god, yes. it's horrible. Really. She also horrible. she also found it hilarious the way he was running in midair. She said, "Look, he's trying to run away and he can't." <laughs> can we get Sylvia to do a film on the pod I, honestly I think she would love it she'd she's got a unique take on most things <laughs> but yeah how do you think do you think this is the? I mean we all saw it when we were children yeah. well the first one anyway when we were you know I was 7 or 8 when the first one came out they're very scary I think for Pete for oh, yeah, yeah. Rate, rate uh, PG. Uh, uh, there's some serious violence yeah, I mean, like genuinely serious violence, and like you say, like grim sound effects, like bones going. Yeah, yeah. When they Spielberg drop could out. get away with anything in the nineties, though, couldn't he? Like, he could. There was was there no twelve, or he just didn't. It wasn't a twelve A back then, was it? it? Was like a hard. It was twelve. You had to be twelve to go in to the, to see the film. Didn't yes, you? there was yeah. then. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was. He well, used his reputation PG, though, to like it? go. Yeah, these have to be PGs. Basically, it's animals, mm. so it doesn't matter. It's not real animals. violence. It's animals. <laughs> So anyway, the camp gets destroyed and then they're all off and RJ does have a line here. He's like, don't run into the long grass. Oh, oh what a scene. God, what a an scene incredible though, shot it? this is. Oh Such my God, how good is this moment? Yeah. It's all been very T-Rex heavy at this moment. Yeah, right? yeah. At, at, by this point, but where are the raptors? Oh, well, yeah. And this is what. how they should be used. They were used so well in the first two movies. They're just bastards right yeah. <laughs> it's like if things yeah. weren't bad enough you throw these shits into the mix and like oh, it's yeah. even worse they're, they're, they're like they're both relentless and um just the most like keenest predators they'll kill anything yeah yeah kill you, i used yeah, to check under my bed to see if there was raptors under there like <laughs> that's, they were the scariest that. thing ever in the 90s like it's probably part of the reason that I don't like the newer ones because of how the raptors have been handled in those new films because they were the most terrifying buddies yeah uh, of the of my childhood without a doubt they just they were just relentless killing machines and you could, you couldn't get away from them they were too fast they could jump really high and if they got you they would absolutely savage you to pieces and they were in a PG movie as well yeah absolutely so irresponsible but anyway all the crew go <laughs> running through the long grass and you get this amazing overhead shot um, oh, so of, of the raptors like snaking their way you can't see them you can ju- and obviously this guy directed Jaws he knows how to build tension without showing the creature it's just it's just incredible work and and then all of a sudden you just see people dropping don't you like yeah. and you just see glimpses of the raptor apart from that one who jumps out of the grass and lands yeah. on the guy's head <laughs> It's it's a brilliant sequence. We could have done with a little bit more of what happened to AJ in this bit, I think. RJ, not AJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Joshua. He's <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, punching out raptors in the background. <laughs> Until a chubby one gets him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They follow, they, they're just behind, aren't they? Um, Ian Malcolm and uh, Sarah Harding. Uh, Nick uh, Van Owen yeah. and uh, Kelly Curtis. Why do yeah. you do everyone's surname? <laughs> I don't know. Are you trying why to find people on a dinosaur island? 
<laughs> Shouting their full names. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, they're all legging it down the hill, but they hear there's a brilliant, and I think everyone acts so well in this scene, particularly Malcolm when he hears the screams in the in uh, you know because in the book the thing always was just how much the rap much the raptors haunted him. Yeah, like just that they were like you said, James, like living demons that he was just tormented by in, yeah. his, in his every sleeping hour. Um, and the thing and is, in the first Jurassic Park movie, he doesn't have any interaction with the raptors at all. No. Like, he's no. laid up in the comms centre, isn't he, after being surviving yeah. the uh, the dinosaur the attack. T-Rex. Yeah. Uh, the dinosaur attack, the, the T-Rex attack. Yeah, so that's probably why they left that out of the continuity of this film. He knows they're bad, but he's not as haunted by them. He's probably more scared of the T-Rex because they effed his leg up, although it's not been mentioned until this point in the movie. Oh, wait, <laughs> like two hours in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, that's oh. smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and there's another great shot where they start walking through a um, a boneyard, don't they? Yeah. And then it, the, the sort of the, the rib cage of a giant sauropod suddenly becomes the overhead heating pipes of the settlement that they're involved with. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Such a good shot. Um, And Van Owen, Nick, sorry, uh, Vince Vaughan runs inside to go sort it out. They're left to go follow a suddenly limping (laughs) Ian Malcolm. And then I I like, I really like this sequence. It's like a gas station scrap between three humans and a couple, uh, well, three velociraptors. Yes. The, yeah. I think the problem that people have, I don't know, I mean, it's 15 seconds of the movie. It's, it's, not, it's not terminal. It, it doesn't, define the movie it's a bit daft. Yeah. Um, but the actual sequence that builds up to it is incredible in terms of them, the raptors jumping through windows and trying to get inside cars oh, yeah. as they're cowering from them and jumping up buildings. And they just, again, it just comes back to that bloodthirsty killing machines, essentially. They just want to kill you. That's all they want to do. They all just want to kill you. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, uh, but you you're so right because and this like and it, the editing through this is so tight as well. Yeah, it's really good. great jump the scare in there as well. Ca- yeah, oh, the jump yeah. scare is really good. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even it's though you're great. expecting it, it still shits you up every time. Yeah, because yeah. they put it at a point where there's sort of like a false bit, isn't there? Where you're like, it's got to come. Oh no, it's not there. Yeah. Oh, maybe I've made it. Oh, oh no, there it is. Oh. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> and then you have the gymnastics dispatching of a. Of a velociraptor, it's dumb. Yeah, it is, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's her moment. Let the daughter yeah. have the moment. I'd... And they're not trying to make the first film at this stage. They know that this is more of a popcorn monster movie than the first film was, and they're leaning into that. And they're aware that it's that it's daft. It isn't Shia LaBeouf swinging through CGI trees in Indiana Jones. It's not that bad. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 10 seconds of the movie and then it's done, yeah. basically. And then it has a good payoff line as well. And They cut you from the team? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 This, this doesn't define the movie. No, it, it is literally 10 seconds. I, I, I never had a problem... When, yeah. when I first saw it to be when honest, I was 12 I was like give it over it's, it's pretty funny how she wants to boot a, save a dad by booting a raptor in the chest and then letting him die <laughs> on a spike I thought it was brilliant <laughs> kebabbing him basically <laughs> it leads on to the like I said before about all those in my head those key snapshots of this film which are just like yeah mind-blowingly good is when 
Sarah Harding's hanging from the roof, oh, the slate yeah. roof, and brilliant. there's a raptor on the roof, and she pulls the slates off to get rid of it. It's and brilliant. And it drops and snaps at her as she's as it's yeah. falling. And then he and has a fight on another. And then, yeah. and, that, and then she she has a very jabby escape because she like falls in between two fighting raptors, does a yeah. barrel roll, falls again into a it's building, great, yeah, and then yeah. smash like lands on a roof of something and then smashes through a window and yeah, then yeah. conveniently in front of Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Who's like, oh, there's everyone going yeah. now. Smooch. Hey, good timing. Glad you could join us. Yeah. Uh, just... And yeah, and they're up and out on the on the choppers. Yeah, and in the interim, uh, Roland has uh, tranked the T Rex, hasn't he? T Rex, yeah. The buck. Well, yeah. He's done his job, hasn't he? And he's and but he's oh. lost RJ, and he just doesn't give a shit anymore. He's like, yeah, I've yeah. done my job. I don't don't care anymore. And that's being shipped back to San Diego but, now. I thought so. We get uh, the shot of Malcolm, uh, Nick Van Owen, Sarah Harding, and Kelly. What's her surname? Lovely, Kelly lovely. Curtis. Kelly Curtis. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> they're leaving the island on a on a helicopter, uh, and they see that the T Rex is is being put on a ship. The movie needs to end here. Yeah, that's the that needs it needs to end, and then this is what the tee up for the third movie. Yeah, is. it's and it's really it, weird because the, the movie's got to like end at this point. I, oh man, I totally agree. It's got rather than a three act structure, this film has got a four act structure. Yeah, and for, for so like well, I mean, for reasons we must assume is because they just wanted this on the end. Or well, yeah. uh, according to some trivia I read, you know, paraphrasing, Spielberg just said, "I'm not going to direct the third one, but I do want to do a dinosaur and." In the city movie, so right. it's going in this one. Come what may, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I still, I think it's a really good sequence. There's nothing wrong with the actual just, filmmaking at all. I'm just not sure why it's tacky. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, narratively, it helps nothing. Yeah, I think, I think by this point in the film, I was ready for it to finish, and I would have been happy if it finished here yeah. to tee up a, a next movie in the instalment, yeah. um, a next instalment in the franchise. And then we go to San Diego and we're like, well, what's going to happen here is it's going to be crammed into 10, 15 minutes of... Yeah, it's 20 minutes in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what happens. And it might have been a deleted scene as well, but this section for me is the biggest problem of the film. And oh, yeah. not, not only because it's got the most nonsensical bit where... And I don't, I don't usually like picking up on stuff like this because I'm just like, enjoy mm. it, you know. The films are ridiculous anyway. You just have to lean into it and yeah, you yeah. know accept things like this. You guys might, I may, I may have missed it in all the times I've seen it. The boat's coming in to the dock yeah. at San Diego, and it's coming in full speed, and they can't get hold of the crew, and they don't know what's happening. The only thing on this boat is a T Rex, which yeah. is still in the hold. How has the crew been sliced and diced? What's happened? I think for them to crash the boat. Has there been a deleted scene? I don't understand yeah. this. Scene. It doesn't make to. sense because like the captain's um hand is on the uh, is on the wheel. But yeah. that's inside the captain's cabin and that's not been destroyed and it would have been if a 30 foot T-Rex had just come yeah. <laughs> stomping well, yeah. through there. Uh, the, yeah. I think the implication is that it got loose and it uh it roughed up the crew and then it <laughs> roughed them up, it killed them all. Um, <laughs> and then it went up. back down in there for whatever reason and then they closed it because it's sort of half down and coming up yeah. and down and stuff like that. And Because there's a guy who's got his, uh, like a dead man switch, literally, isn't he? There's a yeah. dead guy on the floor who's 
got his finger on the button and then some idiot comes on and opens it up and then the T-Rex is up and away again and stomping through the... Free in San Diego. Free <laughs> in San Diego. I mean, well, yeah, I don't, I don't, how did a T-Rex fit into the cab... The, Doesn't the, make the, sense. The cabin. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Well, for the arm to get bitten clean off, I yeah, mean, yeah. have to have While it's on the to, wheel. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, no, it's, yeah. it's uh, um, profoundly stupid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Inexplainable. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can say. Anyway, anyway, no, 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 that that was my only my only sort of bugbear with this film. No, no, um, I mean it's one of uh, I have I really like this movie, but there is there's like massive flaws that you could drive a truck through, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like plot holes and plot contrivances that don't make any sense, which I think we've discussed it, but it doesn't detract from how fun it no, is. It, it really doesn't. Oh, you, no, it really not you're no. not given long enough to dwell on it. No, it's no. just like right. So yeah, they're all dead. I just feel that. Mm. Um, as I say, I feel what happens in San Diego could have been the first half of the next movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if they'd done something where Raptors had also got on the boat or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes. You know, I, I love watching all this, the the um, the Rex rampaging about, just doing what Rex yeah. does. I think the Rex looks amazing during this as well. It's good, um, yeah. Again, it's, it's not the fault of this sequence. The sequence is good. It's just the fault of the storytelling, really. Yeah, I'm it's just, just not sure. It doesn't need to be there. It feels um, like tits tacked on. Uh, yeah, didn't enjoy the Rex ja- chasing the Japanese tourists. That was a bit racist. But <laughs> yeah, it was. I did enjoy the Rex eating David Kep. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was really. Oh great. yeah, have you his name? He's credited as the unlucky bastard. Yeah, is he? That's, that's, that's his official I love that. credited I love that. name. Uh, what was the extra bonus points? What was the? Can you give me the name of any of the films that were in the video store? And who was oh, they were all fake ones, weren't they? There was like yeah. a, a King Lear with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, there was yes. a Tom Hanks one. There was a yeah. Tom Hanks one as well. It was called something like Tsunami Sunrise or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, possibly I might have got that wrong, but yeah, um, so nice, nice to see a video store. Lovely, oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Uh, even though a bus crashes into. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, some yeah, loads of effects going on here. Petrol station. Banter. The big rolling uh, ball of the big, yeah, uh, a, a big bus big. gets like imploded, doesn't it? When a Rex yeah, absolutely, yeah. It. It's ace, and then the Rex gets back on the bus, bus boat, yeah. and uh, they turn it. You know, they manage to send it back. Don't know how. They well, they kill Ludlow first, doesn't he? Teaches the well, baby Rex how to how to hunt, doesn't it? Mm. Which yes. is a nice moment. Because Ludlow oh, had that coming in the I loved film. all that. And, and again, Sylvia loved that. Can I just Yeah, add? yeah. <laughs> she loved all that. Because by this point, she was saying that I was the daddy. So here you come, daddy. You've come to rescue me. <laughs> As I was eating David Kep. Like, <laughs> I've just paused for a moment here, Sylvia. Um, um, but no, uh, how did... You know, like, that? I love all that. It's great, all great. But how... <laughs> who's driving this boat back? I don't know. Shitting themselves, probably. It's like, like absolutely. <laughs> Don't let it out. <laughs> yes. I've just we've just swept up the body parts from the first trip over. So, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like I don't know. the ship is being flanked by all these naval ships. Like, what are they going to do if it gets out again? What are they? <laughs> what are they? And how do they get it off the boat once they get it to the island? Have they sedated it again? Oh, the, oh yeah. Sarah shoots it with the thing, but yeah, she sedates it again. Yeah. But well, then they don't know how like, much. They've got the same the problem. They didn't know how much to give it in the first place. That was why it woke up when they were halfway back. Oh, they juiced it with like some with like speed or something, yeah. didn't they? So that's why it was going mental. It was doing it, oh, bombs did, on the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crackhead Rex in San Diego. 
Crack so would watch. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch. Hang it out by the bodega. <laughs> Just trying to score some more. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, it, it, well, I assume it lands on the island, but um, we go looking at where Harding and Malcolm are. Sorry, Sarah Harding and Ian Malcolm are snuggling Kelly Curtis at the apartment. Yeah. And um, they've just had like, you know, it's, it looks like dawn, but they've quite clearly had a massive meal. Yeah. And um, they, uh, she's got a giant bowl of pristine popcorn to yeah. enjoy watching the, the news. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's, lo and behold, they've managed to drag Hammond out of bed for some incredible... Yeah. Oh, Hammond's got the best PR people in the world because he comes across as like a nice fella. This is all his fault. He's <laughs> 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 oh, like, oh, it's a biological wonder and life will find a way. And then, like, credits and we're out of there, basically. Yes, basically. Like, I love how, you know, the, the finale scene for Harding and Malcolm is just them asleep, like. Yeah. Yeah. Completely yeah, knackered. Roll credits, well, yeah. well, well, Malcolm's had no sleep for 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 days. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, Sarah Harding did have a sleep while she hung up the T Rex <laughs> khaki jacket. Uh, so she's she's well rested. She's had an absolute shocker, hasn't she? In this she has. I think yeah. she's I mean, learned the, a lesson. She, she's the first person to get fired on the Monday morning after all this. Really, well, the freelance, aren't they? I hope they were well paid anyway. <laughs> oh, well, no one's hiring her again. What she did? What in the field? <laughs> Really? No. Um, so, best bits. What are we talking? Ooh, um, the match cut at the start is amazing, as we discussed at length. The T-Rexes attacking the trailers is fantastic. But for me, it's the raptors in the tall grass. I remember seeing that when I was 12 years old, being absolutely terrified as they as they closed in. And then the sequence that follows it is great. And yeah, they're just the best baddies ever the Raptors and I think they get a real yes. good cameo in this film. Mm. Sorry? Yeah, I love I love those Raptors bit. But I think my favourite bit is the moment when they're in the overhanging trailer off a cliff and Sarah falls onto the glass panel. Oh it's um, so good. And yeah, it's just amazing. the sound effects when it's cracking and the glass is cracking. The tension is unbelievable. Yeah. Like that whole bit is just amazing while Eddie is frantically trying to get a rope but yeah. I, I just love that bit. I think it's absolutely amazing. But yeah, that that shot of the Raptors is just is the shot of the primo primo shot, isn't it? it from yeah. above. It's, it's, Given it that we were dissing Jan uh, Kaminsky earlier, <laughs> 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 you really knocked it out of the park. No, we weren't dissing him. We yeah. were just we were just discussing him. Put a uh, filter I, on. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I totally agree. Um, I th- I think that Raptor shot could be one of the best in the whole franchise today. I I, I, I yeah. think. Um, there are, I think there are so many scenes in this film better than any of any other. Oh, I totally agree. I think I think the trailer attack is the highlight for me. Because um, as you say, side like you're balancing all these different different tiny storylines. Yeah. Um, of Eddie coming back to try and help him and and then falling off and then it's just the the mechanics and the 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 sheer balls to put a sequence like this together on the edge of a cliff with two T-Rexes in the rain attacking you. I just think that's amazing. Um, But I I just love Pete Postlethwaite's 
um, quick monologue about, you know, your job is to open a case of scotch if we have a good day. Oh. You know, I just think it's so good. Yeah. And it's been on too like, many far, safaris with rich dentists. And yeah, it's just brilliant. I, yeah. So, yeah, either one of them, take your pick. I'm, I'm great with. So, in which case, for your reconsideration, uh, James, you picked, you'll go last. Sigh. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, yes. You generally get the feeling, in hindsight, that on release, people were too busy comparing this film to every frame of the original instead of enjoying what the movie offered in its own right. It's a completely different movie. And when you're watching it years later, it makes it a lot easier to view it and appreciate it as the standalone movie it actually is. There's so much incredible filmmaking going on. And I think easily some of the best stuff in the series in the in the franchise of Jurassic Park it's definitely the best sequel like come on it's it's way the best sequel even though there's some strange and noticeable jarring cuts to what seems to be like really key deleted scenes which make things a bit daft in terms of a narrative sense in terms of a spectacle it's got it all I think it's so good and it's great to watch it so many years later when the first movie isn't as memorable and you can just watch it as its own thing and mm. enjoy it. All right. There's so much I agree with you, SI. Um, in fact, there's nothing I disagree with whatsoever. I think that this is a, an absolutely brilliant um, creature feature, really, because that's what it... What When you take away the science and character development that the first movie had, you, that's sort of what you're left with in a way. But what a spectacle this is. Um, the sequences in this are outstanding to... You know, every single one. Uh, there's no exception to that. The CGI holds up to this day. When you match flawless CGI with flawless animatronic work, you get absolute gold. And you get stuff that you believe in, and that, that's what causes wonder. And there is wonder to be had in this film. I would personally have quite liked a bit more of the science. I'd liked a bit more character. Those um, scenes, deleted scenes that we talk about being lost, which included both of those things... I would have preferred them over what we saw at the end, mm. but that's that's that is to an extent a quibble. You're still you're still watching a T Rex going through a major populace eating stuff <laughs> and smashing things up. <laughs> that is that is cinema in its purest essence to me. So just you know, um, you're absolutely right. This is the finest sequel to that uh, of since Jurassic Park in that whole franchise. This is just super. If you've not seen it, I, I, no, actually, I'd be amazed if someone listening to this hasn't seen it. Um, but what I would say to you is give it another chance because I think this was really unfairly done too at the time. Really? Um, Definitely. Yeah, and I think that if you extract um, the sheer once in a... in a, oh, No, it's not, it's not once in a generation. It's once in a... Um, once in an, in an era brilliance of the first film. Um, you can have so much to enjoy here. This is elite entertainment. That was as passionate as I think I've ever been on this podcast. I think. So sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm not gonna. I've got a whole thing written out here, but there's there's no point because you guys have addressed it all brilliantly. You know, there's some great stuff here. I think that Spielberg knows that he can't elicit the same emotional response from the audience a second time. So he, he really goes in on the spectacle and he peppers the film with fun characters. If they're a little bit underdeveloped, the actors really elevate the material. Uh, there's some thrilling set pieces and some of the best animatronics ever put on film. I mean, watching that baby T-Rex this week, I was like, that is a real animal. 
Like yeah, it's it so feels good. like a real character. It's more fleshed out than some of the humans, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, for me, the result is a rollicking piece of popcorn fun. And while it doesn't always make complete sense, as we've touched on, it is for me the only Jurassic Park sequel that's worth a damn, to be mm. honest. And it sits really well with that first film. It feels part of that. Uh, of the world that was established in that first film and that's because there's a continuity with the director and the director happens to be one of the greatest guys to ever do it agree it's definitely the best sequel i'm not having that uh jurassic world is better than this no i like i like that movie but it's not better than i remember jonathan ross when jurassic park 3 came out and said it was better than the first one and he's like shut up right that that is is just Eclipses the first one, I think was this one. Are you joke? Oh my word! Just about three is is absolute tosh. What, although what, what? although it does it does have a moment in the aeroplane where a raptor speaks to Alan. Alan. <laughs> Alan. Alan. <laughs> absolute garbage. What, what uh, famously f- famously what film was supposed to follow this? What do you mean? Jurassic Park three. <laughs> <laughs> Which version? Oh, you mean the one we oh, the Van, Van Damme Damme one. on the island? <laughs> the Prisoner Van Damme version? I mean, I've yes. definitely w- wanted to see that after. Exactly after you me. do. Exactly oh. you do. Uh, just, just so you know, Universal, I've still got the rights to that. <laughs> uh, fellas, uh, that is just... It's made my uh, week, year, month... Oh, it's a great fun movie. It's really good. It's great, so yeah. Good. But it's discussing so that, good. and uh, I think like that that like caps off. I think um, a great fiftieth episode for us Absolutely, because yeah. that's exactly why we do this. We take movies that didn't get enough love and bring them back into the spotlight so that people can have a look at. Yeah. And go like, look, this is worth your time. This is worth another look at. Not every film that we bring out is going to be worth you having a look at, but sometimes. You know, just because people say it's not great at the time doesn't mean that it, that there's not fun to be had there. There's not cinematic yeah. enjoyment to Absolutely. be had. Especially I mean, when they're from real small-time directors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially when, when they're from massive hacks like Spiel, Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> well, according to some on film Twitter, he is a massive hack and he's oh, massively overrated. Bollocks to all that nonsense. <laughs> I can't even begin to start with that. Like, how many classics has he got? Six, seven, eight? <laughs> Job back down into Mummy's basement and renew your Xbox subscription. I mean, good grief. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think just one last point on this is like, we're talking about we you know we've talked at length we've gone long on this one we've talked at length about this film and the sequences within it and I don't want to keep on going having a go at the new reboots and I can't remember a single sequence from either of those films that is can come anywhere close to what Spielberg does with those trailers and those raptors in the um sure. on the way to the communication center they're just it's just not top level filmmaking and Spielberg is even when he's not really that invested in the material he's still able to knock it out of the park better than any director who is making blockbusters today with so the exception agreement. of maybe Christopher Nolan who I saw oh, so agree and, and an, another reason though is that like there's the 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 like you said, and this is a great point that I think you made so well, was about the CGI. The CGI works at a distance, but when you're up front with it and you're tactile with it and you want to engage the audience in a close-up space, CGI is not the tool for the job if you want to engage your yeah. audience and you want to sell an effect to an audience. 
every set here was genuine. Yeah. You know, every set here is real. And that whole trailer sequence works because they're in trailers going yeah. off cliffs. That's why it works. And so, yeah, just totally agree. This guy, um, I can't think of, we could go back to the last 10 years of any filmmaking, really. And some of the sequences in this stand up more than most. Yeah. And this I mean, is apparently a bad movie. Like, I know, that's just... <laughs> Uh, it's just hopeless. Um, fellas, it's just a pleasure. Um, 50 episodes. Thank you both. Uh, congratulations yeah. to the three of us, I think. Actually, Here's to another that's... 50. Congratulations to the listeners, and thank you so much for persevering with us throughout this time. We've enjoyed it. Yeah, we've enjoyed say, yeah, listening exactly. to it. Um, we, we, um, we love interacting with you. We know we, um, we have a um, a listenership that we are equally devoted to. So thank you so much for following us throughout this. Um, we've got all sorts of plans coming for the next 50. Yep. Uh, stick with us. Um, I don't even know what movie we've got coming up next. Say, it's your pick, right? I, I've been pondering it for the last few days. I think I'm going to do it because you guys haven't seen it. I'm going to take a massive pun and go with Tango and Cash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Tune in. We're going. We're going Flying into the next again. fifty with a bang. <laughs> I know. Sorry, another Stallone. I'm sorry. Yeah. But... <laughs> on the hat on the hat trick club right. with Van Damme and Nick Cage now. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh, on the sheriff's wall, the hat trick club. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Please join us on Twitter at FYRFilmPod. Uh, go ahead and send us emails at reconsiderpod at gmail.com and send us all them five stars at your subscription service of, of choice. Thanks so much, everybody. Here's to the future. Uh, say goodbye, boys. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's a little sing-song for my usual taste. But I, didn't, I didn't quite mean it to go that way. Let's oh, get this movable feast underway. Well, please, the Roland Tembo Chronicles. I mean, oh, what a spin-off on. that would have been. I know. Can Roland Tembo meet up with uh, Ernie Hudson's character from Congo and go on adventures together? Loveless. What a what a property that would be. What was his name again? Monroe. Yeah. Tembo and Monroe. Oh, it writes itself. Oh, a Congolese law agency <laughs> who shoot everybody. <laughs> Nothing ever makes it to court. 